0: On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we share the story of Francesca Chica Alvarado, a 22-year-old mom from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, adored by her family and friends, whose life ended tragically when she disappeared in March 2012 after she went to Atlantic City, New Jersey with a male companion. Nine years after she was last seen alive, Francesca's family is seeking justice. This is Francesca's story. If you know anything about the city of Philadelphia, you know that depending on the neighborhood you live in, Philly can be a tough place to grow up. Francesca Alvarado, whose family called her Chica, knew all too well about how hard growing up in a city like Philly really was. But Francesca, like many who grew up in Philly's toughest neighborhoods, had been a survivor. And despite multiple obstacles at a young age, she prevailed time and time again. Francesca came from a big family. She was the youngest of eight children, seven boys and one girl, but Francesca never knew her father. Actually, in 1990, the year that Francesca was born, her father began serving a life sentence. And Francesca's mother uh, battled cancer and eventually died when Francesca was just nine years old. When Francesca's mother died, her older sister, Christine, at just the tender age of 20 years old, adopted her and her sister, Mia. And You know, it must have been really difficult for a 20 year old to, you know, adopt her siblings being so young herself and just having lost her mother and not having a father to take on the responsibility of now raising your younger siblings just um, shows how dedicated this family was to each other and, and to taking care of each other, even when things were really tough. So Christine begins raising her siblings, but during that time, Francesca and her sister are sexually assaulted by a relative who was sick enough to take advantage of such a tragic situation. These girls were had lost just lost their mother. They didn't have their father. They were living with their sister, who was doing the best that she could. And someone found a, um, uh, a way in and ended up molesting uh, Francesca and her sister. So at a very young age, Francesca had already been through a lifetime of grief. But Francesca was resilient, and she did her best to overcome her circumstances. So Francesca attended a local charter high school in the city of Philadelphia and was by all accounts a normal, happy teenager. The Filio Obituary Project, which is a really cool website in the city that is dedicated to telling the stories of murdered victims, um, in the city of Philadelphia. And I put a lot of information about Francesca's story from the Philadelphia Obituary Project. So if you get a chance, you should check it out. It just, uh, humanizes the victims, uh, mostly of gun violence in the city, um, and, and gives their families an opportunity to kind of tell the world who they are and, they become more than just a number and a statistic and a blurb on the news. So um, I got a lot of information about uh, Francesca's story from them. But the Philadelphia Obituary Project describes uh, Francesca as a sporty, creative teenager. Um, She wrote poetry, she played basketball, and she was also part of the Outward Bound program because she loved getting dirty and being outdoors. And I just think that's really cool and and really paints a picture for me of what kind of person that Francesca really was and what kind of person she was in high school. Um, But we all know that life doesn't always go as planned. And when Francesca was 18, she found out that she was going to be a mom. And like everything else in Francesca's life, she gave her all into being a mom. Francesca gave birth to a beautiful baby girl who she would name Janaya. And by all accounts, Francesca was a great mother. She was devoted to Janaya. Francesca's sister described Janaya as being smart and credited Francesca for implementing daily story time. So she would like make up songs like days of the week and alphabets and letters to help Janaya learn and memorize the things that she needed for school. So at the start of 2012, Francesca was living in the hunting park section of Philadelphia with her daughter, Janaya, who was three at this time. And Francesca was also living with a roommate. So according to Francesca's sister, she was working at a local grocery store as a cashier. Um, And by all accounts, Francesca was enjoying life and enjoying being a mom, and things were pretty normal in the months leading up to Francesca's disappearance. In 2012, Francesca also decided that she was going to go to school. So she had enrolled in the Community College of Philadelphia. Um, She was a huge fan of America's Most Wanted, which I can completely relate to because when I was, you know, younger and America's Most Wanted was on, I literally was like my first introduction to true crime was America's Most Wanted. So the fact that she was a huge fan of America's Most Wanted really resonated with me because I was too. Um, And because of her love for America's Most Wanted, she wanted to major in criminal justice at Community College of Philadelphia. So on St. Patrick's Day 2012, uh, Francesca decided that she was going to go to Atlantic City, New Jersey, before enrolling in classes at the Community College of Philadelphia. Now, Francesca's sister said that Francesca loved Atlantic City, and she thought it was like a mini Vegas. And for those of us who are from the city of Philadelphia or living close to the city of Philadelphia, we all know that at least at one time, Atlantic City was like that for kind of all of us. It was a place that you go, it's about an hour and a half from the city, uh, hour and 20 minutes. And, you know, you go there, there's the beach, um, you know, the casinos, uh, they opened up some outlet malls out there. So it's really kind of like a little getaway for people that live in Philadelphia. And when you're 21, 22 years old, you know, going to Atlantic City is, you know, is is a thing. And, you know, I remember when I was this kid, I was, you know, wanting to go to Atlantic City. And then when I became 21 and 22, I spent my 22nd birthday in Atlantic City. So um, I know as a as a local Philadelphian how we feel about Atlantic City and how when we're just kind of getting out there, how Atlantic City is like a thing to do. So Francesca had just recently turned 22 so she was really still just loving the idea of being over 21, the perks that come with being over 21, you know, you can go to the club, you can go to the casino, you can drink, you can, you know, it's just a little bit more freedom. And so it's not clear how long Francesca had been planning to go to Atlantic City, or if it was a spur of the moment decision, which it very well could have been. A lot of times you just wake up and say, we're going to Atlantic City today, and you hop in your car and you go. So it could have not been a planned vacation. She could have really just decided to go that day or or even the day before. But we know that she wanted to go before school started. And that was one of the main reasons is that it was kind of like her last hurrah before she got serious about, uh, about school. So that day, March 17th, 2012, Francesca dropped off her three-year-old daughter with a friend and headed to Atlantic City. Francesca informed the friend slash babysitter that she would be back later on the next night to pick up Janiyah. So from the reports about this case, Francesca leaves for AC, but she is apparently not going alone. Francesca is going to Atlantic City with a male companion named Tracy Williams. Now, according to people closest to Francesca, none of them knew who Tracy Williams was or what Francesca's relationship with him was. Um, Francesca left for Atlantic City with Tracy Williams Uh, with her family fully expecting her to return later on that next day to pick up Janaya, But when the next day came and Francesca hadn't returned, Francesca's family figured that maybe she extended her stay, even though it wouldn't be like Francesca to just not come back and not say anything. You know, immediately they did not want to panic, and so they assumed perhaps she decided to extend her stay. But when she did not return the next evening or the following day... You know, they became even more worried and they decided that they were going to try to figure out where she was. And when they realized that Tracy Williams had returned to Atlantic from Atlantic City but did not have Francesca with him, uh, panic set in. So, like I said before, Francesca's family did not know Tracy Williams, but from what I have been able to gather is that they found out his name and information from Francesca's roommate, Tanya. Now, she's the person that tells Francesca's family that Francesca went to Atlantic City with Tracy Williams. She is also the last person besides Tracy Williams to see Francesca alive. But according to Francesca's family, Tanya was acting suspicious, and they believed that she was withholding information really from the beginning about where Francesca was and who she was with. According to Francesca's family, Tanya was refusing to cooperate with police and and, and with the investigation, which is really strange because... She's Francesca's roommate. She lives with her and her daughter. She knows that Francesca didn't return home. She knows that Francesca went to Atlantic City with this uh, older man. And so the fact that she's not willing to help the family and the police with the investigation is a very strange and I believe a huge red flag. When Francesca left on March 17th, she was headed for a night of fun maybe a few drinks, maybe a little gambling. And then she planned to return to Philadelphia the same way she arrived, with Tracy Williams. There isn't a ton of information about Tracy Williams, just like there's not a ton of information about this case in general. But according to Francesca's family, she did not know him very well. And that immediately raises the question about why Francesca left town and went to Atlantic City with him. Now, at this time, she's young. She's only 22, Maybe she met him. Maybe she he offered to take her. Maybe she knew him through a mutual friend. You know, when we're young, sometimes we don't make the best decisions and we don't vet people and we don't really have to know people just to go and have a good time because we're young. And at that time, you kind of feel like you're invincible. So that could have been the reason why she didn't know Tracy Williams very well or that her family didn't know Tracy Williams very well. So, like I said, we don't know much about Tracy Williams, but what we do know is that Tracy Williams was significantly older than Francesca. Francesca was a 22-year-old who just turned 22 in February, and Tracy Williams was said to be in his 40s or maybe even 50s at the time, that he left with Francesca. So that definitely gives you, like, creepy, kind of, like, creepy old head vibes. Like, why are you going to Atlantic City with this cute 22-year-old? Like, it doesn't really... That, that, that you know, like once again, adds to the red flags of the case, because he's not her peer. Like, it's not her boyfriend. It's another 22-year-old. He's an older man, really old enough to be her father, really. So... You know, that's a really strange uh, part of this of the story about Tracy Williams, particularly. What we also know is that when Tracy Williams returns to Philadelphia without Francesca, the story that he tells Francesca's family makes absolutely no sense. And they become convinced at that moment that he has something to do with her not coming home. The story that is reported is that according to Tracy Williams, Francesca left him near the Resorts and Borgata Hotel and told him she would find her way back. That's it. Now, we assume that since they were planning to spend the night, that Francesca was going to make her way back to the hotel. um, And she didn't have plans to pick up Janaya to the next day. Um, so what did he, what did she mean when he alleges that she said that she would find her way back? Now, a news article said that he, she said that she would find her way back to Philadelphia. Now, that makes absolutely no sense. She came in a car with him. She's an hour and a half away from Philadelphia with no car. Why would she find her way back to Philadelphia? So we don't know what hotel that they were alleged to have been staying at. Now, It says that the reports say that Tracy Williams said that he last saw Francesca outside the resort's Borgata Hotel. But we don't know if they were staying at the Borgata or if they were just near the Borgata because the Borgata is a casino. It's, you know, they were just around there and that's what he's alleging. But there's absolutely no information about what happened in Atlantic City in those hours before or after Francesca disappeared. It's not even clear if Tracy Williams stayed in Atlantic City that night. Like, we don't know if he even stayed there that night. He might have left and came back to Philadelphia. Um, Because what we do know is that her family doesn't realize that something is wrong until the next day when Francesca was supposed to return. So Tracy Williams could have came back to Philadelphia at any time prior to them figuring all of this out. Another detail that strikes me... Um, is that if we believe Tracy Williams' account about what happened, then what did he think happened to Francesca? He goes to Atlantic City with this girl. She's 22 years old. They get to Atlantic City, and then shortly after they get there, she's like, ah, never mind. I'll, you go ahead. I'll just figure out how to get home on my own. The fact that he didn't think that that was weird or or strange, whether he knew her very well or not, it's just that, that just, you know, you you don't have any more discernment than that. You're an older guy at this point. She's a young woman. It's Atlantic City. You're just like, okay, bye. And not really concerned about what how she's going to get home or, or where she's going to sleep that night or if she's going to stay the night. So uh, that's, you know, a, a really strange detail to me. Uh, another thing is that what we know for about Atlantic City, people from Philadelphia, that we know is that Atlantic City, although you know has its casinos and its beaches and you know it's fun times it's outside of the boardwalk and the casino Atlantic City is not a very safe place it's 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 known for drug activity and homelessness and violence and it's it's not the greatest place so for you to not only leave her but for her to be willing to stay in Atlantic City alone is very suspicious if she was someone who knows Atlantic City and going to Atlantic City she also knows that Atlantic City regardless if you're from the worst parts of Philadelphia or not, you don't want to just be in Atlantic City wandering around at night by yourself. So that is a really strange detail about what he says and, and another part of his story that just does not make any sense. So let's go back to what Tracy Williams did. So what did Tracy Williams do in the hours after he is alleged to have last seen Francesca? What was their plan and why did they go to Atlantic City together if she was just planning to leave him when she got there? And there are so many unanswered questions at this point, but all Francesca's family knows is that Francesca left on March 17th with an every intention of returning the next night to pick up her daughter, and now she has seemed to have vanished into thin air. A few days after Francesca was last seen, her family reports her missing. Now, because Francesca went missing in Atlantic City, their police end up leading the investigation, um, but they receive a lot of assistance from the Philadelphia Police Department. So in the days and weeks following Francesca's disappearance, her family and friends began desperately searching for their beloved Cheka. What they know is that no matter what, Francesca would not have left Janaya and not even so much as called to check in. And they know that something is terribly wrong, but they kept hope alive. They ended up starting a Facebook page almost immediately to share information about Francesca and her disappearance. And thousands of people joined the page in those early months. You know, Francesca's story was hitting home for many people in her community and in the city of Philadelphia. But also as a part of their efforts to find Francesca, her family and friends began going to Atlantic City because that was the last place that Francesca was last known to be seen. Uh, and they began passing out missing person flyers along the boardwalk. And they covered the boardwalk and surrounding area with posters with Francesca's long, curly black hair, her deep dimples, smiling and happy. They wanted everyone to see her face, praying that somebody, anybody, saw something. But apparently, Atlantic City didn't like the missing person flyers around their businesses in Beach. They claimed... That because they are a family destination, they didn't want people to be alarmed, which is interesting because, like I said, Atlantic City is not a safe place and it's not technically a family destination. So the fact that they did not want the missing person flyers on the boardwalk is just, you know, weird. But... You know, I think that because of this history in recent years, Atlantic City had been trying to change its image and they did want to be known as a family place. They, you know, included these outlets. They built a mall on the boardwalk. And I do think that they were trying to change their image at this point. And Francesca's story just didn't fit in with the direction that the city was trying to go in and trying to move away from their kind of bad history and, you know, seediness of the outside of the boardwalk type of thing. But some people don't believe that protecting Atlantic City's image is the only reason that they didn't want Francesca's flyers on the boardwalk. And it had a lot to do with the rumors that started to surround this case and Francesca's disappearance. Now, Francesca's case never received the national attention that it deserved. But local news outlets began to introduce the notion that perhaps Francesca was a sex worker, and that's why she had gone to Atlantic City. But Francesca's family adamantly denies that she was a sex worker, and there is zero evidence to show anything other than she was just a young mother going to Atlantic City for a good time. But it is very likely that these untrue rumors may be the reason that the national news media uh, didn't pick up the story. It's, you know, I don't believe that they thought that she was the right kind of victim. If they thought that she was a sex worker... Um, then she wouldn't have fit into their narrative. She's not the ideal victim. She's not the headline catching victim if she's a sex worker. And the sad part is that even if Francesca was a sex worker, it wouldn't have made her life any uh, less valuable. And what happened to her and her family doesn't still deserve answers whether or not she was a sex worker or not. However, In the case of Francesca, she was not a sex worker and there is no evidence to say otherwise. But like I said, I do believe that it contributed to the lack of national attention in this case. Francesca's family had been through so much over the years and Francesca missing added to the pain that seemed to follow this family but this family was going to fight and they were going to find Cheka. They were going to bring her home. And if the media wasn't going to cover her story, her family was going to yell at every chance they got. They formed a Facebook page, which amassed thousands of followers and they used it to post updates about Francesca's case every chance they got. They used it to demand that Tracy Williams tell the police what happened, um, demanded for answers, posted his picture, her missing person flyer. Um, and they used it really as a tool to make sure that Francesca's story was out there and that people knew what happened to her. Now, police say that Tracy Williams was initially cooperative when police spoke to him about the case. However, when he was asked to take a lie detector test, he refused and then lawyered up. And according to police, he stopped cooperating and then moved out of town. So in the weeks and months following Francesca's disappearance, Her family was working tirelessly to keep her case in the public. They held rallies and vigils. They even began to go to Atlantic City and give out hot meals to the homeless because they just really wanted to keep her memory alive. And, you know, for a family to be missing their, you know, beloved sister and finding it the strength to go to Atlantic City and feed people who are less fortunate, you know, giving out meals and and blankets and things to people just because they wanted to use it as an opportunity to keep uh, Francesca's memory alive while also giving back to the community. Um, And it just, you know, once again, just shows you what kind of family Francesca came from. So months go by, Janaya is now four. Francesca wasn't there for her birthday. She wasn't there for Christmas or Mother's Day. She had missed a lot. Since her disappearance, there's been no sign of her. She's had no contact with her family. She hasn't used her credit cards, her phone, or her Facebook page. Eighteen long months go by. But in August 2013, a fisherman out for a day of fishing with his wife discovered a black Adidas sneaker floating in Corson's Inlet, which is a body of water really popular for fishermen in Ocean City, New Jersey, and when the man pulled the high-top black Adidas sneaker from the water, there was a severed human foot inside. The fishermen turned the evidence over to police, but unfortunately, Francesca's family wasn't notified about the discovery. I'm not sure if there just wasn't a connection made, but they ended up finding out about the discovery of the shoe when they were watching the news. And they immediately knew that it was Francesca's shoe. In an article in the Philadelphia Inquirer, her sister recalls that they knew it was Francesca's because of how much they hated those sneakers. They thought that they were boyish and ugly. So her sister Tina said that her sister Mia screamed when the photo of the sneaker was put on the screen. Mia then contacted the New Jersey State Police and informed them that the sneaker might be Francesca's. So the New Jersey State Police immediately began DNA testing to see if, in fact, the severed foot belonged to Francesca. As you can imagine, the thought that this might be Francesca was an absolutely devastating idea for her family, but in their gut, they knew it was her. The badly decomposed foot still had traces of nail polish on the toes, and it took seven weeks for the DNA results to come back due to the advanced stages of decomposition. So for seven long weeks, the family held out hope that perhaps it wasn't Francesca. And it was just a coincidence that a sneaker like Francesca's had been discovered and that the foot inside would not be hers. But when police asked for more swabs from her daughter Janaya's mouth, Francesca's family knew that their worst nightmare had come true and that Francesca was gone. The DNA results came back a match and it was Francesca's foot. But her family still didn't have any answers. Discovering Francesca's foot only brought more questions. And the biggest question of all was, where was the rest of her? But one year later, Francesca's tibia washed up on shore. And then in March 2015, her femur was discovered. Francesca's family waited patiently for more Francesca to be found before they would lay her to rest. But her torso with Janiah's name tattoo was never found, nor any other parts of Francesca. And on April 4th, 2016, Francesca's family held a memorial and buried the remains wrapped in purple silk. She was buried on top of her mother. And so it's been five years since Francesca's family laid her remains to rest. Nine years almost to the day they last saw her. And although they know that Francesca is no longer alive, they have very little else. They don't know what happened to Francesca or how she actually died. They don't know why it happened. And they don't know why the last people to see Francesca refused to help them get those answers. But they do know that Tracy and Tanya know more than they are saying. And after all this time, Francesca's case remains unsolved and the person or people responsible have yet to face justice. But Francesca's family, however, has not given up on seeking justice for her. This year on Francesca's birthday, her family asked No Gun Zone, which is an Instagram page that highlights the violence uh, in the city of Philadelphia, mostly gun violence of uh, young Black victims. And they asked them to post a tribute to Francesca. And it's actually how I discovered Francesca's story. And her story and the fact that there seemed to be so little information about her case was one of the reasons why I started this podcast. More of these stories need to be heard. More people need to know what happened to Francesca and women like her. Somebody out there knows something, and they have the ability to bring closure to Francesca's family. The person who murdered Janiyah's mom stole from her something that she could never get back, and they need to answer for that thank you for listening to episode two of our three episode premiere if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to our podcast like us on facebook and follow us on instagram at Black Girl Podcast.